0: Welcome to Willard Nazarene Church on this uh, Sunday morning. We're so glad once again that you're joining us and uh, you're joining us online. And if you're part of our Willard Nazarene family, we're so glad to have you. And if you're not uh, traditionally a part of our Willard Nazarene family and the aspect of being here physically, but you have joined us since we started doing these. Online uh, messages and services. We're so glad to have you, and what an honor it is to to be able to serve you in this capacity and to be able to share God's word with you. And uh, we are we're so glad that you're here with us. And what a beautiful day it was yesterday. Lots of sunshine. We've had a couple days like that where we've been been able to be outside, and that's been good, right? That's been good for for me. Been good for a lot of us, I think. And uh, just to be out and and do something. So we're uh we welcome you we're so glad you're here is uh anyone else ready for uh to to do something like going out to eat at a restaurant and actually sitting down Uh, looking forward to that and i know uh, i'm about ready for a haircut and i know my wife is is uh really ready to have her nails done so that's uh i'm sure there's some things that you're anticipating just those things that we kind of take for granted sometimes but uh, hopefully we'll all get to do those soon and we'll all be, we'll get to be back here soon in this, in this uh, beautiful facility that we have. But in the meantime, welcome again. We're glad you're here. Just want to remind you once again of uh, the way in which you can support the church and continue to support the church through giving and, and uh, caring for one another and staying connected because we're better together staying connected because we're better together, and supporting the, the church uh, through giving, through your donations, and through ties and through your offerings. And we've told you weeki- weekly about how you can do that. And one is, is of course, typically uh, just putting your gift in an envelope, addressing it to Willard Nazarene Church, 4414 Town Road 12, Willard, Ohio, 44890 Market Accordingly. And just stick it in, stamp it and stick it in the mail and mail it to the church, and we'll certainly receive it there, or if you're local and you live in town, you can drop it off at, at, uh, at my house in the mail slot there's no contact, you don't even have to, to uh, you don't even have to see me if you don't want you just drop it at a mail slot, and, and I 'll make sure that it uh, gets to the church, and our counting team will come in on Mondays and count that and uh, And or our newest method, as we've told you, is you can go to our website, www.willernaz.org, Click on the online giving uh, link. And through the online giving company stewardship, you can uh, click that and pull up that page and fill out the form and what your gift is. And you can set up a one-time gift or a recurring gift, however you would like to do it. But it's a secure site, and my, my friend and ministry partner here, Nate, uh, just told me before we started that, that he just did it, and it's very simple. And we've told you that before, so we encourage you to give that a try and try that. We have that set up for your convenience. But anyway, that's that. Um, and now uh, let me pray for you, all right? Let's pray before we, we get started here today and um let's take an opportunity to just pray together, okay, as you gather your families in around you, and hopefully you're watching this as a family and um just to spend this time praying for for one another and praying for your family and praying for those families that that uh that you're aware of that may have needs, all right, Father, we thank you for this day we thank you for the privilege and the honor of sharing your word and um, sharing the your message of truth and love and grace and forgiveness. And we love who you are. We love what you're doing in us and through us in these days that, uh, that to us in our, in our humanness seem difficult, but to you um, this, is, this is nothing. And you have created ways in which for us to share uh, your message and your love that are more creative than we could ever imagine in, um, in any sense of our own doing. But you've opened up doors that, that were not open before. You have encouraged and inspired the church to be the church outside the walls of the church. And uh, that has been, uh, certainly, that has been a great, great thing. And we thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of, of those that are watching and so, Father, today we pray for uh, we pray for all pastors who are doing this this morning, um, whether they're pastors on our North Central Ohio district. We certainly pray for them. May you speak through them today as they're sharing your word as well. But pastors uh, across this country and across our world that are doing this, and we just pray that, that they would be filled with your strength. They would be filled with your wisdom and, and be filled with your courage as they share your word today. Would you anoint them? Father, we continue to pray for those on the front line of this health crisis that we find ourselves in, the doctors and, and the nurses, that, and the stories that we hear of, of, of them treating uh, this virus and, and treating uh, people with other uh, medical situations. And, and we pray that, that they would be filled with your strength as well and that they would have a period of rest we pray for people, Father, that are just discouraged. And we know that there are folks like that that are discouraged for whatever reason. And maybe they're just discouraged because uh, they're, they're tired of being inside and not being out and, and about in their normal routines. And, and as I've talked to people throughout the, this past week, I, I know there are folks like that that are, that are just simply discouraged. And they're ready for things to be back to normal. Father, would you just uh, anoint their hearts today um, and touch them physically and, and uh, remind them of your great love for them and remind them that, that uh, this too shall pass and um, you have this, Father. You have this in your hands and um, if we put our faith and our trust in you, you'll continue to guide, you'll continue to direct and you'll continue to, to bless our homes and our families. And we trust you for that. And, Father, we give you praise and honor. And we ask all of these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, uh, again, it's so good to, to have you here. I, I want to share with you uh, our, our scripture for today, a passage of scripture that we're going to be teaching on. It's, uh, we're going to the Old Testament today, and we will be sharing 1 Kings 1 Kings chapter three, verses five through fifteen, and I want to share that with you now. I also want to encourage you to participate, uh, be a participant in our service. We have the uh, through online church, and 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 through our YouTube channel, you'll be able to to click on a chat, and you'll be able to participate. You'll be able to uh, share whatever prayer requests you have, and I encourage you to share. Your prayer and praise request. If you have a prayer request, that's where you share it. Share it on there for us, so we know how to pray for you. If you have a praise, something God has done uh, in the past week or so in your life that you'd like to share, share it on there. Would you, so we know, and uh, it that is what continues to connect us, my friends. That's con- uh, continues to connect us. So I encourage you to do that to share your your praise and 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 prayer request on there, if you would. But let's begin with, with uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, with verse 5. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and so numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and not ask for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. That, my friends, is a good word. And uh, we are going to, to continue and finish the series. Uh, but we have this treasure And today, we'll conclude with this message, Finding the Treasure. All right? Join me for that. Also, I want to remind you here that uh, our, as we say, uh, weekly as well, but uh, our Kids Zone Minute will take place this evening at 6 p.m. So make sure you get your children uh, uh, ready and available this evening at 6 p.m. for Kids Zone Minute. Those are always fun with with my wife, Robin, and uh, we pray for her as well. And I ask you to pray for her. She's out of town again this week, caring for her her mother who was uh, discharged from the hospital. Um, about a week and a half ago, and is requiring uh, full-time care in the home right now. So Robin is, is taking care of that. So let's remember her in prayer, if you will, as well. Okay. The first week, uh, we started this series, Finding the Treasure, uh, or, or, but we have this treasure. And then, that was the first week, but we have this treasure. And the next couple weeks, we spent uh, talking about the treasure hunt. And we talked about the journey of Christ and the hunt Along the way, for for nuggets of truth, right? And, and so today we're going to conclude the series with with this message that we're we're calling "Finding the Treasure." And uh, we all like to find treasure, right? We've already uh, discussed that and and the uh, the excitement in in hunting for treasure and then finding it. But a question for you: Have Have you ever really wanted something badly? right? You wanted something badly. I mean, you really, really wanted it, and you longed for it. You desired it. You needed it, or you felt like you needed it. You craved it. You hungered for it so badly that you would do almost anything to obtain it. You know, uh, for, for some of us, that 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 might be food, right? And so, especially for those of us that are now that now find ourselves working from home, we find ourselves making more trips to the kitchen and craving more foods, right? Uh, some of you, uh, some of us, it may be clothes. Some of us, it, it may be shoes. Um, and if you see my wife's closet, uh, you would understand shoes, right? And so, uh, some of us, it may be more expensive. Uh, things, more materialistic things such as cars, houses, travel, art, jewelry, those things that are more costly, and we desire them, we crave them. Uh, For some of us, though, it may be our physical appearance. It it, it might be a desire just to be thinner, maybe a desire to be more ripped, bigger muscles, tighter abs, kind of like me, right, Nate? Uh, Yeah, that's uh, Nate's laughing hysterically in the back, but, and so am I laughing at myself. But for others, it, it might be something that we want so badly that it becomes an addiction and not always a good one, right? It, maybe it becomes, it, it, it becomes something in the lines of drugs or alcohol or pornography or money and power. You see, different people have different desires, and therefore different addictions, and, and they desire different things. In the, in the story that I read you, in the story of Solomon, the king of Israel was having a dream in which God spoke to him. Have you ever dreamed something and, and, and God spoke to you in the middle of the night? Those are the greatest moments and, and, and I try my best when I have those times and God speaks to me in the middle of the night and wakes me up from a sleep and gives me an idea or gives me a vision or gives me a purpose or a passion about something. I try and, and as, as hard as I can, even if I'm waking up in the, in, from a dead sleep, to get up and, and, and jot it down and to write it down because otherwise I, I find that by morning I, I, I've forgotten it. Um, but in this story of Solomon uh, the king of Israel he was having a dream and God was speaking to him but imagine if you were, having an, a dr- you were having a dream but instead of God speaking to you you happen to stumble upon a bottle with a genie on a beach. I know it sounds like a bad uh, sitcom from the 60s right and only someone my age would remember that but Maybe some of you do. And so, but anyway, the genie tells you that you have three wishes. What would you wish for? And, 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 and the guarantee was they're going to come true. Wish for anything you want and they're going to come true, but you only get three. Most people would wish for money, fame, and power, and to live forever, right? Wouldn't you agree that's what most people would, would, would wish for? That would be their desire? Well, in, in Solomon's dream, God says just about the same thing to him. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And he says in, in the New Living Translation, it says, he just point blank says, what do you want? What do you want? Wow. Wow. That would be a great moment, wouldn't it? Let's talk about Solomon for just a few minutes here today, all right? Let's talk about Solomon. His father was King David, but he hadn't taken the throne without some controversy. His brother had tried to take the throne against the will of David. And, and there were other problems that he had to deal with as well that, that confronted King Solomon from the moment he was placed in power. You see, there, there were peace treaties that had to be made, temples that had to be built. But probably the, the thing that weighed heaviest on the heart and the mind of Solomon was the responsibility of ruling over God's chosen people. That was what weighed heavily most heavily on solomon's heart and his mind you see solomon had had wealth and power but more importantly he had the promise of god that the line of david would continue forever so when god asked him what he desired solomon thanked him for what he had already done and then he asked God for something that was very pleasing to the Lord. He, he could have asked for anything at all. That's what God said. Ask whatever you want. And he said, what is it that you want? Hmm. He asked God for wisdom. And he asked God for an understanding heart. A discerning heart. If you will. You see, Solomon knew that people were going to come to him for answers to all sorts of questions, and they were going to have all sorts of problems. He knew that God looked favorably upon these people. He had rescued them from Egypt, and he, and he guided them as a pillar of fire and, and a pillar of clouds through the desert and established them in the promised land. You see, God had led them by appointing judges and anointing kings to guide the lives of his people. And now the responsibility was falling squarely upon the shoulders of Solomon. So Solomon asked for and received wisdom and an understanding and a discerning heart. It was that discerning heart and mind that was given to Solomon that's also available for us, my friends. It's available for us. You see, we too have been given this treasure. we we may not be as wise as Solomon in the ways of the world. And we may not even have the same opportunities as Solomon to to build an empire, to expand a kingdom, or to build a temple of gold and ivory. And we may not live as kings, but we have been given a treasure for certain, my friends. It's the treasure of having our lives changed and our cups filled by a holy God. I want to go back now. I want to jump back to the scripture that we've been teaching from in Matthew chapter 13. And you remember that because you remember that Jesus is telling the disciples stories or parables, if you will. Let's go back to verse 51 in Matthew 13, and it reads this. It says, have you understood all these things? A simple question that was asked. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked the disciples answered with a decisive yes. Well, the one thing we know about the disciples is is that even with that answer, they really didn't get it. Not yet, anyway. You see, they they were still thinking of Jesus along the lines of a a King David-type Messiah, uh, 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 that they didn't get it until they had received the gift or the treasure, if you will, of the holy spirit having their cups filled it wasn't about the 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 cup itself and the 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 vessel but it was what was inside of it remember having their cups filled with the treasure of the Holy Spirit. You see, we can find that same treasure. We can have that same treasure treasure through the miracle of, of baptism and, and communion and hearing His word and spending quiet time with him, staying connected to one another, serving others and loving everyone. All of those give us the opportunity to find the same treasure. That the disciples had the opportunity to find. We can receive the same discerning uh, uh, mind and understanding heart of Solomon. But honestly, sometimes our minds are not always on the same same wavelength or same pattern as Solomon's. Let's, Let's again talk about these parables that Jesus was telling This particular parable in Matthew 13, theologians have argued for for decades, for centuries even, as to the meaning of these two parables. And the first is about a man who's out in a field and we can assume that he's he's probably working, but he could have just been passing through. It's unclear. We don't know for certain. But while he's out there, he finds a treasure. And and, and immediately upon finding it, he hides it again. And then he goes and sells everything he owns so he can buy the field where he buried the treasure. That's one way to go about it, right? And and then the second second part of that story is about another man. and, And this one is a merchant, right? And he's searching for the best pearl that money can buy. Hmm he finally finds this magnificent treasure and he immediately sells everything he owns so that he can buy this extraordinary pearl. Now here's where the questions begin. Who exactly are these men in these parables and what do they represent? What is the treasure what is the pearl of great price? Some theologians have thought in both cases that the men in the story could, could actually be representing God, and the treasure is you and I, or all people, if you will. You see, God found us and, and chose us and selected us to be his children. Once he found us, He paid everything he had, the ultimate price, the death of his only son, Jesus Christ. We were his treasure, the most precious thing in his eyes. I love that. I love that. God chooses us. He chose you. He chose me. He chooses us. And he pays the great price. To obtain us. But what makes us so valuable to Him? What makes us so valuable in His eyes? Because let's face it, we're flawed, right? We are flawed, friends. We are imperfect, imperfect. We have done nothing to deserve the love of God. So what would make us so valuable to God? What would make Him look at us as a treasure? This brings us to the other possibility. Back to the question who who are these men and, and what do they represent? Well, let's, let's go to a previous story that Jesus told. Remember the story of the, the scattering of the seas. We're not going to go back and, and, and read the whole story, but we, we know that the seed was the word of God, and it landed in, in several different areas on, on a path, in the rocks, in the weeds, in fertile soil. And this man seems to be out for a walk or going about his daily routine or of working in the field, and he, he's not necessarily looking for anything, Right? Now, how about us? How about us? We go to work, right? Well, for some of us, maybe the, the, these days that we're living in that that that's changed somewhat, right? Oh, maybe some of us are now working from home, and we weren't before. Maybe, unfortunately, some of us are um, ha- have temporarily lost our jobs, so we're not working at all. But, but. On a normal day, we go to work, we earn a living, we accumulate, accumulate more stuff. But suddenly, one day by accident, we find something. We find something. We find a seed of faith that has been planted and was planted by someone that came before us. Hmm. I I know who planted that seed of faith for me. It was it was my my grams, I call her my grams, and we just lost her back at the, the end of uh, January. And I had to perform her, her funeral, and, and we said goodbye to her. But, but I, I know she is the one who planted a seed of faith in my life and passed that legacy down to her family and to really everyone and anyone who happened to cross our path. But, and I'm sure you have people in your lives as well that have planted a seed of faith somewhere along the line. Challenged you to, to find that and to grow from that. So we find a seed of faith that's been planted by someone on behalf of us, but now instead of just worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow... And this is a good word for today. Instead of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, this newfound treasure then becomes our life. This treasure is worth sacrificing everything we own to hold on to it because nothing we have ever purchased or ever owned has the value of this treasure. And you may be saying, what in the world are you talking about? The treasure, my friends, as we've shared in, in previous messages in this series, is the word of God. It, it's the and it's the word that contains the ultimate treasure for us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once you have it, you will sacrifice everything to keep it. Let's talk about the merchant. How about the merchant? This man is a seeker. He's searched the countryside and he's traveled the world to try to find the perfect treasure. He's like an individual who's studied all the great religions of the world, and he's sat and meditated and he's studied the writings of, of great philosophers. Perhaps he even made a journey to some far-away holy shrine. But he's always seeking, but never finding the perfection that he desires. This is where the two stories are the same. Because after years of searching, he discovers something that has been there all along a treasure of indescribable value. It's the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth about God, the story of how God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. My friends, The truth about God and the story of how God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The story of a baby born to a young teenage mother, the story of his living, the story of his suffering and death, and then the story of his victorious resurrection, friends, You see, both men get it. They understand what Jesus is talking about. The kingdom of heaven is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the love of God. It is the gift of God to an undeserving world. And just like the man in the field, the merchant sells all his possessions to hold this priceless pearl or treasure I believe, I believe that we are valuable to God and we are, we are priceless in his eyes, not because of anything we've done to deserve it, but because of what Jesus did for us. You see, by the way of the cross, he gave us an opportunity to be forgiven and to be filled with hope. And he gave us an opportunity to be transformed and to be made perfect in his eyes. To be transformed and made perfect in his eyes. Remember the story when we started this series about the violin and how it was transformed into this magnificent, beautiful instrument. That's what he wants for us. He gave us an opportunity to be loved and to love, and he gave us an opportunity to be his. If we confess and commit to that, and if we confess and commit that we believe that, if we confess and commit that we believe the words of the scripture, and we confess it through the word, we confess it through baptism, we confess it through taking uh, uh, the body and blood of Christ through holy communion, and if we believe we can give the same, that he can give us the same discerning mind and understanding heart that he gave Solomon through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Then, my friends, we have found the treasure. We have found the treasure and we have to continue to crave it. We must be willing to to do what the two men in the parable did in in the stories and what they did, give everything to own and to hold on to dearly the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven. We must crave the treasure of the word more than we do the treasure of this world. We must crave the treasure of worship more than we crave the treasure of this world. We must crave the treasure of Christ and the forgiveness and the grace that is offered through him. And eternal life that is only offered through him. Hmm. That's good, isn't it? That is so good. That is his desire for us, my friends. Is once we find him. To just continue to crave him, to seek him, to seek ways to be like him and allow him to fill your cup and not allow the world to fill your cup. But allow your cup to be filled with the treasure of the Holy Spirit. And allow him to, tr- to transform you and to change you. So that, so that you, we together begin to look more like him. And we become, as undeserving as we may think we are, in his eyes we become this magnificent, beautiful instrument. Just like the violin when we started this several weeks ago. Hmm. That is so good. Listen, I'm gonna ask you again, I've asked you at different times throughout this, but if you're in the spot right now, in your home and you're watching this and you're saying, oh, Pastor Brad, I want that treasure. I want what you're talking about. My life is not even close to that. Would you consider asking him into your life today? Just in the privacy of your own home. Where there's no one there to, for you to feel embarrassed. Would you just ask him into your life and, and for forgiveness? Would you believe in and, and, uh, the story? Would you believe that, that uh, he lived and he died and he lived again just for you. And would you commit to that? Would you, would you commit to that? Would you commit to the fact that and, and believe the fact that he wants to transform you? He wants to change you. He wants the desire of his heart is for your heart to beat as his. Would you do that today? And would you let us know in the chat room? Would you just say, yes, I surrender my life. And there's a place for you to do that there. Would you let us know so we know how to pray for you and we can, and we can uh, connect with you? Remember, we have to stay connected because we're better together, friends. We're better together. That's his, that's his desire for you today. Would you let us know that? I'm going to pray for you now. And it's my prayer that that you would be responsive to him and allow him to speak into your lives. Let's pray. God, you're the father of of this world. You're the creator of all great things. And we thank you for the many, many blessings that you've provided for us. Just as as Solomon did and, and He thanked you for what you had already done for him and what you had already provided for him. And we we thank you for the blessings that you've provided us. We thank you for the discerning hearts, uh, uh, the understanding hearts, and the discerning minds that, that you've given to us. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit who continues to work in and through us, guiding us, leading us, comforting us, especially comforting us in these days that we find ourselves in right now. Picking us up when we stumble, we thank you for the most precious treasure of all, and the treasure of being in relationship with you, the treasure of this world and the treasure of the world that's to come with your Son Jesus Christ. And we ask you that you would create in us a clean heart and you would renew our spirit, you would create in us a longing for your word and sacraments, Help us as your children to keep our hearts and minds on the cross. And lastly, Father, would you move us? Would you inspire us? Would you motivate us to tell others about this wonderful, wonderful treasure that we have in you? Would you make us seed planters, if you will? Help us all to spread the good news of the gospel, to share this wonderful treasure that you've given to us. We ask this in the name of Jesus, to whom we give all glory and honor forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you again so much. It is truly an honor to be able to share God's word and offer uh, his forgiveness and his love. And we thank you. We can't thank you enough for joining in and being a part of it. Continue to, to hang out with us um, on Sunday mornings and be a part of this particular family, Willard Nazarene Church. We hope to see you all next week. Thanks and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Remember, God loves you.